This is Basket Case Clubs, CPR Group's podcast where we turn basket case clubs into showcase clubs. Hello everyone and welcome back to Basket Case Clubs. My name's Michael Connolly and it is my pleasure to be your host on this journey through AGME Basket Casey Goodness. Joining me as usual and continuing our AGM miniseries is Steve Connolly. G'day Steve. Uh, hello, it's my pleasure to be hosted. <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure to be hosted. Oh, I can be the hostie with the mostie. Yay! Oh, I'm enjoying this discussion about AGMs and... As- How could you not? AGMs, <laughs> yes, the gift that keeps on giving for people who go to more than one to more than one a year. <laughs> um, we've had some really good questions come in since uh, the previous episode, which is great. Um, so keep those coming through our various channels. And um, yeah, as always, there's uh, as I think we touched on in the last episode. Typically speaking, a lot of questions that we've been asked in the past that we continue to be asked. So if uh, you're floundering and you've got some concern about your upcoming AGM, just get in touch. We're always happy to help out. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and so, I, you know, in, in talking about if you're getting stuff out of this, um, kicking us a review, um, we haven't discussed this, Steve, but what about if we give away some swag? Yeah. Yeah. What about if we do a draw? So for all of those people who give us a review, what's the date today? It's uh, still end of September, 2023. So if you give us a review, let's say, uh, I don't know, we'll leave that to Jess. Over the next period of something, give us a review and we'll be doing a draw and you'll be able to get some kick-ass swag. It it is actually kick-ass swag. My uh, Basket Case Club's coffee mug is my favourite mug. So much so that we ordered a a bunch of them for the office and we all fight over them. (laughs) (laughs) in our CPR group office at work. Of course we would. Of course we would. How could you not want a a mug with your mug and my mug on it? Our mugs, yes. (laughs) Sorry, I beat you to it. Uh, I've been a dad for longer than you, so I get first dibs on the crappy dad joke. So Uh, back to AGM. So let's do a quick recap of where we're up to. We've set the date and time. So we know where we're we're going to. And the reason that we've set our date and, and our time is because we've got our financials back. The auditor has, or our reviewer has got them back to us, and we know that we've got them because that's a must-do. We've put the call out for nominations, and we've been really transparent about what the jobs will entail. So we might have even sent around position descriptions and an estimation of the time required, but most importantly, the boundaries of each of the roles. We've set a venue. We've made sure that that venue has enough space to accommodate everyone. We might have even organized some nibbles to make people comfortable when they arrive. And we've done the formal notice of meeting. So we know that the notice period, whatever it is, 14 days or 21 days, we've smashed it in. We've sent it out three, four, five, six weeks in advance because we know. And there's no point keeping things secret because everyone's calendars fill up. And so we've given them plenty of time to get ready for our AGM, which is going to be a fun celebration of the year that has been and looking with optimism to the year that's coming. Do you like that? I should have written that. I do. And a positive, happy opportunity for members to engage with one another all unicorns and rainbows la, 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 la. so let's get into one of the uh, you know we talk about these funny things so one of the funny things that happens at agms is let's say you do have some nibbles and people just mingle around because they're all friends they all know each other they're having a chat oh, how you doing? And, it's, and you see it and then somebody typically the chair will call the meeting to order and it's at that point that everyone goes to, um what do, what do we do? Um, do do I I'm on the commit? Do I sit there? Do I sit over here by the window? I'm not standing again. Do I go and sit at the back of the room and keep my hands down? Uh, what do I do? And everyone's uncomfortable. It's so many times. 
So we're trying to ease you through that. We're trying to make the AGM actually an enjoyable experience. And you know what makes things enjoyable is preparation. Because if you're prepared, you're confident that you're going to get it right. And if you're confident, you can go into these sorts of things with comfort. Okay, you might find some curly questions. You might feel a bit blindsided every now and again. But at least you're confident to be able to deal with whatever it is that you're experiencing in those cases. Yep. So one of those, another thing that is one of those other things that makes people kind of a little bit itchy under the collar. Is that a term? Itchy under the collar, hot under the collar, itchy feet. Okay. So that gives people hot under the feet bits. (laughs) (laughs) So many analogies, so little time. (laughs) Uh, Is proxies. So the thing is, do we have proxies? Do we not have proxies? So I might throw to you for your experience on this, Steve, because I'm interested because, again, we haven't talked about this recently. So I'm interested in what you think of the funny things about proxies and how to deal with them and to see if it aligns with mine. It's often a very hot topic of conversation during the constitution review process. A hot under the feet topic of... (laughs) See, (laughs) see, I'm going to take us back. I knew it. Typically, you'll have people who are pretty diametrically opposed in their views, and often that comes from their own personal experiences. And some people have seen proxies used to great effect, where and, and, and there are very reasonable arguments for and against the inclusion of proxies in a constitution and therefore the allowance of them for general meetings. You cannot, for clarity, you cannot use proxies for board or committee meetings. Someone who's elected or appointed to a board or management committee needs to be the person who acts in that capacity. They can't send a proxy along on their behalf. But for general meetings... Can they send a proxy vote with another board member? In most cases, no. So I, the, the reason that I... Like, here we go. Here's my spanner in the works for you. The reason that I ask is sometimes... <laughs> or the hand grenade, yeah. Um, is that it, sometimes it could be written into the constitution. Sometimes it could be written into the constitution, and that is absolutely yeah. the exception. And if it is, then that applies to your organisation. But if your constitution is silent on it, don't uh, do it. Yeah, absolutely, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, you need a quorum. So get a quorum for your committee meetings. Anyway, this is not about committee meetings. So back to your discussion about the the proxies <laughs> at the general meetings and AGM. So at general meetings, a constitution will specify whether proxies are allowed to be used or not. Now, like I say, you'll have some people who are supportive because they've seen them exercised in a way that allows people who have a genuine reason for not being able to make it along to a general meeting. And, you know, most organisations have the, the, the most common general meeting is the annual general meeting because everyone's got to have one at least once a year. <laughs> and proxies do provide a vehicle through which people who can't make it along can still send someone in their stead who can have a say on their behalf. Now, it's important to note that there are two types of proxies, discretionary and non-discretionary. Discretionary means I'm going to send Michael on my behalf and he can exercise his discretion to vote as he sees fit. Non-discretionary. What you're saying is you trust me, Steve. Of course, implicitly. (laughs) (laughs) And... Non-discretionary says, I don't trust you. (laughs) I've just walked right into that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you. So I'm going to send you to the meeting, but I want you to vote in, you know, on these questions in these ways. And I want you to vote for that person for this position and so on. Now, the counter argument is proxies can be misused and they can be used to, you know, the colloquial term is stacking, meeting stacking. 
I can go and collect not only your proxy, but I can, you know, potentially, depending on the provisions of a constitution, go and canvas as many members of the organisation as I wish and ask if they're going to be attending the AGM. And if not, would they like to assign their proxy to me so that they can still have a say? Or even more nefariously, oh, look, don't worry about coming. Just Here's the proxy form. Just sign that and I'll look after it for you. (laughs) Aren't I your saviour? And then they turn up with 30 or 40 proxies in hand and potentially hold more votes than every other person combined in the room. So uh, so it, it does pay to give this question pretty reasonable consideration during the process of rewriting your constitution if, if that's what you're doing. Because this is something that, like I say, often forms a, a pretty key component of that constitution review discussion on projects that we're delivering with clubs. And, and we like to remain as impartial as we can. We like to talk and guide the discussion through the pros and the cons. And sometimes, like I say, there's really strong feelings and there's consensus straight away and we can just move on to the next discussion. But we do encourage that they, they give some consideration because you know, often then the, the people who have the negative lens over proxies because of their experiences in having seen them misused in the past, they think very much in terms of that experience and the problems or, or people who might be involved today. And as we always advocate, you've got to think about what's going to be best, not only for your organisation today, but also into the future. And and in light of you know what we were talking about in uh, an earlier episode, the consideration of attendance via technology means that proxies have become a little less relevant now. So if I've got the opportunity to attend the meeting myself from the other side of the world via Zoom or some other meeting platform, maybe I don't need to send someone else to vote on my behalf. So that's yeah. a really important consideration as well. But look, if, if proxies are well used and well, the process is well managed and you, you try and you know, avoid a situation where the secretary gets a, a pile of proxies dumped in their lap prior, just before the meeting starts, and then they therefore don't have an opportunity to confirm the bona fides of those proxy appointments, and, and instead, you know, you've got a, a sufficient lead time for the secretary to do their background checking or to confirm that the proxies are appropriately appointed um, and that the, the chairperson has an opportunity to prepare for that meeting and how it's going to be actually chaired or facilitated with consideration given to the fact that there might be a need to manage a big number of proxies then they can be fine. But yeah. you, you, like I say, as you can tell, I'm flipping and flopping and not really giving you a clear position because I like to maintain impartiality on this point because it's not my club. And like I say, people have their own views and, and we just need to talk through those with an organisation and then come up with a, a tailored solution for them. So long as we're presenting both sides of the coin, then you make your call and off you go. You're fine. Yeah. My take on it is everything above with the added thing that if we've got them we've got them if we don't got them we don't got them but having them or not having them affects both the yes vote the no vote or your vote and my vote in exactly the same way so you want to go do your politicking and get your 36 votes yep politic your butt off and go and get your 36 votes if i don't bother because i'm i believe that i'll have the support of the room well i had the same chance you can't complain after the fact you can't complain after the fact yeah. yeah so the the rules are set you, everyone knows the rules. It's a level playing field. Off you go. So then there's a few fairly um, 
mechanical steps that we can talk through. So we've put the call out for nominations. We've given the, the clear indication of what the roles will entail. And now we actually have to receive those nominations. So that there'll be a cutoff date for receiving nominations. The unfortunate thing here is if your constitution specifies that there's a cutoff date, there's a cutoff date. If you receive them after that, then they're not there. You didn't receive them. So they're not valid nominations. And this is one of those points that sometimes we get the question, uh, can we allow this? Is there a workaround here? <laughs> yeah, you know, nah. Const- yeah, yeah, nah. <laughs> Yeah, the constitution will be clear. Constitution says no. Yep. So yeah, if it's it's what it says is what it says. So if you don't receive nominations and your constitution allows for nominations from the floor, that's a different matter. But then you can say, okay, it was late, so it's not a received nomination, but you'll be able to raise it from the floor. From yep. the floor. Isn't it interesting how much furniture and house parts are involved in meetings? <laughs> yeah. Address the chair, table, emotion, sit on a board, sit on a panel, take the floor. Interesting, hey? That is. I'm sure that there's an episode in that. In fact, we may have even done Just an episode as... earlier in COVID when we were yearning for <laughs> person meetings. <laughs> of course, I'd just say, make sure you don't move emotion on the floor <laughs> or lay your motion on the table. Anyway, d- you then, were going to say, Steve? Oh, no, I was just going to keep moving, <laughs> you know. And uh, see the, what you did there. The, uh, the next step is one that is often missed as well. Once you've got those nominations in, typically speaking, a constitution will require that you let the members know who has been nominated before the meeting. Yeah. So, you know, it might be that you've got to get your nominations in no later than 14 days before the meeting and then no later than seven days before the meeting. You've got to let everyone know who's been nominated for which positions. Yep. And that way people know if they're interested in voting that they can either come along and vote or if you've got proxies, send their proxies in with someone. Yep. Hmm. So then it's time to set the actual agenda. Now, this is one of those steps that may actually have happened early because the, the AGM should be a fairly, as I said, a ceremonial type meeting where it's a celebration of the year that's been and looking with optimism to the year that's coming. Uh, so the, the agenda can be pretty set from year to year and it's only if you've got special things that you're considering so a, a special resolution that takes a vote of all members that might be different but other than that the order of the the business to be transacted and the order of business may even be spelled out in the constitution so it's it, yeah creating an agenda for the agm is not typically as complex as creating an agenda for a committee or board meeting because for a committee or board meeting there's specific pieces of of business that are topical environmental um time bound that there's stuff that that can change from month to month or quarter to quarter but the agm it's you got to do the financial stuff you got to do the elections you might have some life members you're going to appoint or some other ceremonial things like that a celebration of volunteer of the year award but that you know that might be at your presentation day or your garland awards night so it's typically not a heap of stuff that you've got to do so while the setting the agenda can happen now it can happen within the the few days leading up to the meeting it's actually a good idea if you do it around the same time as you do the notice and you can even just include the whole agenda on the notice of meeting anyway so it's pretty straightforward yeah and send it out as you said in a previous episode with the financials get people uh, give people sufficient opportunity to actually read review understand those financial statements if depending on the the size and nature of your organization you might also send out your 
board reports or president and treasurer's reports, for instance, prior to the meeting, which yep. means they can be tabled as read and maybe yeah. save a bit of time during the meeting. Yep. I, I still, yeah, yes, they can. I still like the idea of particularly um, the chair or the president doing a bit of a thank you, here's our celebration, really yep. focusing on the positives. And there's always shit going down in clubs. So yep. you don't need to, if you can avoid being negative at your AGM, please do so because it should be a celebration. And you'll get drawn if you get drawn. Um, but the other thing about sending the, the stuff around early, Steve, is that if members have questions before the meeting, encourage them to be asked before the meeting because then we've, we can answer those questions, but we can also take those questions on notice and prepare prepare good responses and full answers and then present them to every member at the AGM. So, And this is another benefit of sending everything out, including the agenda, well in advance so that you can get those questions, collate them, respond ideally personally because there's a relationship building opportunity there, but also then in in the meeting with a really well-considered response. And then uh, if you're going to have a secret ballot, so if you are going to have a contested election, while you don't have to have a secret ballot, my suggestion is always when it comes to the election, be prepared to have a secret ballot. And because if people are going to vote against somebody, you, you don't want them to have to stick their hand up saying, I don't want to vote for you in front of that person. So it just makes sense. So that means as far as, you know, we'll get to the AGM in our next episode, but in preparing for the AGM, have some ballot forms. That can be as simple as, it can be a blank form, so long as, you, you know, you might have it so that there's an initial on it or something, so you know, the people just haven't brought along their own bits of paper and scribbled and, and rigged the election. But as we move you know, we we now officially do live in the future because it's after the fifteenth Wednesday, the Wednesday, the twenty third or twenty first of October, twenty fifteen. Oh man, I'm usually a good Back to the Future nerd, and I remember that date. You know, when you're talking, Steve, I'm going to bloody look it up and make sure I get it right. <laughs> so, uh, because we now do officially live in the future, <laughs> there's a long way to get there. There are fantastic uh, voting management platforms online. And there's one that I use that is really cheap. And it's really cheap because there's no subscription fee. There's no membership fee. It's just you're running an election. There you go. You just pay as you go. And it is so cheap. So it might cost me, if it costs me a hundred bucks, I'm using some kick-ass features. So I might be paying a hundred bucks, but it is just done. And it is absolutely fantastic to for, to be able to do that so you can also prepare that before the election now that gives rise to a point that i um, want to just raise that some organizations are moving entirely away from having their elections during the agm and are actually conducting that process prior to the meeting so in a similar manner there are tools available that you can use to take all of the headache out of you know receiving managing counting um nomination the the nominations themselves but also then the votes for each candidate and depend again a constitution must provide for this but this is a way that some larger organizations that have experienced some fraught elections and fallout during an agm that they're actually conducting that election process in the lead up to the meeting and all they do at the agm is make the declaration as to who has been elected to which position so that's not the right process for every club and certainly plenty of organizations out there still prefer to do their elections at the AGM um, but it's worth noting that that is certainly a consideration and more and more clubs uh, taking up that at option. least thinking about it and that what's interesting is that's something that I see in the university club world a lot 
Yes. Because it's more convenient to do it like that and to have a voting period rather than just a, a, literally a few minutes at the AGM. But it, it's it's a bit more sophisticated. And so if you're interested in simplicity, keep it simple. If you are looking at really, you know, this is when we're getting into what you've just talked about is moving beyond basket casey badness and into show casey goodness. Yep. So it's yeah something, you know, all part of the continue. You never get finished when it comes to building a fantastic club. You just keep getting better. So about a week out, you want to do a final, uh, not a final reminder, a, a reminder about a week out, and then your final reminder a day out to make sure that you are giving everyone the greatest opportunity to be there and to be prepared and come along with the questions and they're going to vote for. So great preparation means that you're much more likely to have a great AGM. Shitty preparation is going to lead to... Let me guess. I got this. The yeah, yeah, yeah. AGM. <laughs> I was going to leave people hanging, Steve. So, you, so sorry. Spoiler alert: a shitty AGM. <laughs> All right. So, I, I think Steve, that I've just been thinking as we've been running through what are we episode three in this mini series, and over the last few weeks, I think I've been saying so. Join us for the webinar on the tenth of October if you're listening in real time, and even if you are not listening in real time, then you can uh, sign up and go, and go and have a uh, watch the episode. Uh, watch the episode. Watch the webinar post fact. But I want people to share it as well. And I've been saying in the lead up to, you know, we're just going to give you a quick flyby in these in these podcast episodes and then we'll go into detail in the webinar. It's actually going to be the other way around. So this is where the detail, we've just gone into much more detail than we're going to be able to in a half hour webinar. And it will probably, um, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm looking into the future thinking, you know what, I reckon this might run a little bit longer than 30 minutes, yeah. especially because we're linking it to the the. The, the, what you've got to have in your constitution to make sure you've got it right. But as far as a snapshot for people who do not know how to do a good AGM or are, are those people who are uncomfortable with an AGM, then absolutely come and share it, come and join us for the webinar and share it with everyone else in your club. So that's uh, Tuesday, the 10th of October, 2023 at 12.30 PM. Australia, no, it's not Australian Eastern standard time anymore because that's daylight saving. So, so it's Brisbane time. You can figure it out. Just, um, you know, Google it and join it. And then the, the webinar platform will tell you where to go and when anyway. So remember that if you're not already following us on social media, uh, make sure you do so. The links will be in the description for this episode, as will be the link to the webinar. But if you're driving along and you want to remember it, it's simply cprgroup.com.au slash webinars. Uh, for those people who have already been leaving us reviews, thank you very much. And we're looking forward to running this little swag competition over the next exactly however long Jess decides it is. And thanks, of course, to Jess for making us sound as fantastic as she does. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter if you haven't. And you know what? I've still got a phone. And when people ring us and say, hey, that thing you talked about on Basket Case Cup, it, it, you know, it kind of makes me feel a little bit famous, which, you know, I'm such a shy and retiring type of introverted soul, Steve. Of course, that makes me feel bad. <laughs> you should see Steve's face right now. <laughs> it's one of the visible sigh. <laughs> Steve, as usual, it has been wonderful speaking with you. And I look forward to wrapping up our AGM mini series next time pleasure has been all mine look forward to it i'm glad the pleasure has been all yours because for me it's just been shit listening to you <laughs> <laughs> oh absolutely let us see i can do that because we're brothers thank you steve see you next time see ya basket case clubs acknowledges the traditional custodians of the country on which we record being yugambir tarable jagara and kabi kabi land 
We recognise their enduring connection to land, waters and culture and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to First Nations listeners. 